You're listening to Generate a Life Well-Lived Podcast. I'm your friend and confidant, Erin Gray. I created this podcast for all the generators in the world to inspire you to live a life that you love and desire, that is in alignment with who you truly are, not who you think you should be. Hi, how are you? I had this idea for the podcast today as we were coming back from the coffee shop. I said to Jason, I think I'm going to have the podcast called What Have You Done for Money Lately? And he said, oh, that's that's a really good episode. And then he immediately went to the opposite side, actually, of what I was thinking of. He went to how we compromise ourselves for money, which, let's be honest, I probably am queen in the past of doing that. Like that has been the story of my life. So when he brought that up, I was like, oh, then this probably needs to be a two-part series because what I was thinking about of what have you done for money lately, like from a loving place, like how have you shown, you know, love to your money and attention to it? And he was thinking about compromising ourselves, what we do for for money and how we compromise ourselves. I was like, this needs to be a two-part series. Um, Because in today's episode, I want to think about what have we done for money lately from, like I said, the loving standpoint. So I want you to begin to think about money like it's your best friend. And I also understand that each of you may not be able to jump to that place and that's okay. I know I didn't. I couldn't, I could not even begin to think of money as my best friend in the beginning. I was in such scarcity and fear and avoidance. It was crazy. And when I actually think about it, I'm like, I'm so surprised that money has hung around like it has because I haven't necessarily uh, paid attention to it or treated it the way that I could have. And Something else that I want to highlight is that each of you are at a different spot in your money journey. And wherever you are, it is 100% okay where you are. One of the things I used to do was compare my beginning to someone else's end. And it's just not a useful thing. It, there, there is no point. It doesn't help you evolve and grow. Um, for me, it only brought up like shame and guilt, just very low vibration emotions that were just not helpful to help me, to help me grow. So if I'm talking about something, if either in this episode or in any episode that I'm talking about, and you're like thinking, you know, that it either one doesn't resonate with you, leave it right. Only take what resonates and leave the rest. And also, if you start to get into that comparing, put your hand on your heart and really give yourself some love because one of the things I always want to highlight is I didn't start here. I started way back of, you know, full on scarcity, full on sometimes breaking out, you know, having panic attacks about money. Like I was in deep, deep scarcity around money. So give yourself some grace. We all start somewhere. And let it just be a, an awareness, right? So I want to boil it down to like three thought processes, um, for lack of a better word, or maybe it's a sliding scale, however you want to look at it, but like scarcity to sufficiency 
to abundance. And I might even dive deeper on this in a future podcast, but I'll just explain briefly each one, like scarcity for me in my body that felt very tight. It felt like tense. Like I already mentioned, you know, like panic attacks, resistance, like just lots of like, not enough. Um, a lot of fear around, you know, money, not having enough, making enough, just all of it. Um, and sufficiency is more of, I have enough for right now, or I have enough for today. Like I had to actually go to the place of like, I have enough money for today. And this is something that I've learned. And I don't think a lot of people talk about that when you have money, when I say plenty of money, I mean enough money to probably last at least a year, several years and not have to work. When you still are in that scarcity mindset, your brain doesn't know any difference from having no money or the amount of money that you have. Your body and your brain know no different. So for me, I had to practice sufficiency on a daily basis. And also one of the things that helped me is really looking at other areas besides money to get me into sufficiency. Things that I weren't as conditioned with, with money, because money is something that I'm very conditioned or I have been very conditioned with. So for me, you know, going from scarcity to sufficiency, even something is like, I have enough oxygen right now. You know, my, my, my body is moving my blood in my, in my body. My lungs are breathing for me. My heart is breathing for me. I am okay right now. I have enough food for today. Just very simple things to bring myself to sufficiency and really practicing those thoughts and those feelings, like the feeling of sufficiency, right? Like I have enough money for today. I have enough money to pay for, let's say if I was sitting down to do the mortgage payment, I have enough or the credit card bill. I have enough money to make this credit card payment today. Um, Because what my mind would want to do is go into like, 10 years from now, right? It wants to figure out the how, um, but I had to bring it back. And it is a practice of bringing it back and, and being and staying in sufficiency. And I think a lot of times people will talk about like, oh, you're in scarcity. And then they try to make you go to abundance and it's too far of a jump for your nervous system. So wherever you are, you know, what is that next? What is a little bit of a stretch for your nervous system? And also it doesn't shut you down. And for me, It was not from scarcity to abundance. It had to go from scarcity to sufficiency and then sufficiency to abundance. And also, let me say, my brain still takes me back to scarcity at times. And I've kind of, you know, gotten to the point where maybe, you know what, maybe that it always will be. And that's okay. Like I've made peace with that part. It's not a problem. Also realize that your brain has very habituated patterns. It feeds you the same thoughts, at least it does for my brain. And I think this is a a known fact as well. Like it feeds you the same thoughts, the same beliefs, the same patterns, because our brains are lazy. And so what I would notice is, let's say if I was having, there was like a stretch of like feeling really good about money. 
then what would happen is my brain and my body, because your body also does this too. It feeds you those addictive emotions, right? Of let's just say fear, right? I would be fine feeling about money for a while. And then what would happen is my body or my brain would offer up a thought or an emotion, fear to get me back in that circle loop again. Right. And it's, it is a discipline of like, I see you, I feel the fear and I'm also going to choose sufficiency in this moment and rebuilding those neural pathways into sufficiency and spending more time in sufficiency. And it's almost kind of like, you know, when you, um, spend more time focusing on, or like, let's just use gardening, right? If you're gardening and you're tending to to something and you let another garden go, right? If your new garden is sufficiency and your old garden is scarcity, the scarcity garden might still be there, but it's going to be overgrown. It's not going to be as tended to, and your new garden of sufficiency is going to be much more maintained and cultivated, right? So questions to think about. One, if you were to just ask yourself and feel into your body, and if you need to close your eyes, obviously, if you're driving or walking or whatever, use your judgment, right? But like getting into your body, out of your head, into your body, and and just asking yourself or asking your sacral, right? Like, am I in scarcity most of the day? Am I in sufficiency? Or am I in abundance? And asking yourself, like, what does that feel like? For me, I had to actually get into my body and like scarcity. I knew what scarcity felt like in my body because I was so practiced at it, right? I didn't know what abundance felt like. And I definitely couldn't just bring it up on command because I wasn't practiced in feeling abundance. And one of the things I want to note, and I kind of already said this, but like I had to think about other things besides money, right? When I think about, when I look outside and I see these mountains right now, and I'm like, there is an abundance of mountains. There is an abundance of nature. There is an abundance of trees. Like think of things that are not triggering for you that you can think of either sufficiency or even abundance. Like there's an abundance of cells in your body. I don't know the exact amount, but trillions, I think of cells in our bodies. Um, So just use other things besides money that don't trigger you to think about all of the abundance that is, that is out there. There's an abundance of people. Like we live on a planet with like 8 billion people. Like that's a lot of people. So use other things besides money to, to cultivate those feelings within you in terms of, you know, when I think about like those mountains, the mountains that I'm looking at right now outside my window, I'm just like in awe of that nature, right? And the abundance and the amount of snow and the amount of trees that I'm looking at. It's just amazing. So a couple of questions that you can ask yourself of, have you paid attention to your money recently? And if the answer is no, that's totally okay. It's just awareness. And if the answer is yes, okay, within the last couple of days, within the last, you know, week, like, or if you've been ignoring it completely, that's okay too. All that a lot of this is, is just awareness around where you are. Because once you know where you are, then you get to powerfully choose where do you want to go. So 
If you think about money like you would your best friend, what would you say about it? And I also know if you feel like, oh, I can't get there like thinking about money like it's my best friend. Okay, let's just say that money is a stranger. What would money say about you, how you treat it? And what would you say about it? And what would it say about you? So if you can't think of it like a best friend, not a problem. What would the stranger say about you, how you treated it? And what would you say about the stranger? And I'm using that as an example for how we um, think about money. But my intention for you is for you to ultimately, the goal ultimately is to develop a loving relationship with it because it really is a mirror to how we see ourselves and how we show ourselves, you know, love for ourselves and for others. It is, I view it as a form of love. And I also know that some of us were raised, and I'm going to do a couple of podcasts on this too, of, um, I call it financial abuse, um, in a way that we were, you know, either from our parents or whoever raised us used money as a way to control us. And I don't know if that's talked about very much, but ultimately, like when you have a relationship with money that you love it, and obviously it loves you, um, the way that we use our money is, is a form of love. And that ultimately is the goal that I want all of us to, to get to around thinking about money. So ways that also that you can get into your body when it comes to money. One is just open up your bank account and look at it and notice what feelings do you feel in your body? Do you feel restricted? Do you feel tense? Do you feel fearful? Do you feel relaxed? Do you feel at ease? Do you feel neutral? Do you feel joyful and grateful? Just notice, like I said, none of these emotions are good or bad. They just are data. And for you to to notice where you are, where you're starting with, right? I want you to think about when you spend your money, slow down and feel what it feels like to give your cash or your credit card to the person that is receiving your money. So does it feel loving to do this or does it feel restrictive or does it feel neutral or do you feel gratitude that you have money to spend or are you feeling guilty and just name those feelings and feel them in your body. Something that I noticed with myself, I just noticed this actually like not too long ago, that I would give my credit card, right, to, let's just say if I was at Target or something, but I wasn't even, like, if you would ask me, like, what is the exact amount you paid? I couldn't tell you. I knew it might've been like 188, right, or something like that. But like, there was a point in time that I was still kind of checking out. And yes, I was bagging my bags or whatever, but there was a place that I was noticing that I was being a little unconscious with my money. And it was so simple, but like when you are, you know, sit down at a restaurant and you see the amount, you know, and then you write the tip, like just slow down. This is that slowing down to get into your body, to notice what are you feeling? And this is going to take some time. And this is, and this is a practice, but it's really, sometimes we're just so much on autopilot going back to like what I talked about with our brains and how our, our 
habits, right? Like our, our bodies literally run a program, right? Like we go out to eat, we sit down, we order the, the server brings us our check. We give them our credit card, right? Like there's just these series of programs that we run and we need to interrupt the programming. And we can do that by slowing down, by getting in touch with our bodies, by checking in and asking ourselves, by noticing where does it, where does it show up in our bodies? And maybe you may not even be able to get in your body initially, which is totally fine. That was me too. But I had to notice my thoughts first. I used to notice like, oh, that's a lot. Or I noticed, uh, you know, that's an expensive um, or that's expensive. That was a thought that I used to think a lot or, um, you know, just noticing what are those thoughts, but really ultimately, or what are those feelings in your body? So when you receive your paycheck, notice, how do you feel in your body? When you put money into your IRA or your 401k or your savings, what do you feel? Talking with your spouse, or if you don't talk with your spouse um, about money, right? What do you feel when you have those conversations? And there is no right or wrong here. It is just the practice of you getting to slow down to actually feel what you are feeling in your body when you are handling, when you are having, when you are using and generating your money. And like I said, we all start somewhere. I started way over on the scarcity, avoidance, crying, worried, panic attack, all of that low vibration emotions when it came to money. Even though, you know, I have a background in finance, I have a, a CFP, I've let that go since then, but like I was a CFP, like I am very, very well versed in money. And what I realized was, as long as it was someone else's money, it was almost like a, a disassociation. It was very easy for me to handle other people's money, to all of that, right? When it came to my own, right, I had to, that was the scary part. It was getting into my body. It was feeling my feelings. It was, you know, looking at those, those feelings that I might have been avoiding because one of the things that I used to do to not feel the fear was just to have more money. But newsflash, <laughs> that never really worked. I just had more money and still felt fear. And I am going to talk about, you know, security um, with money and where that actually comes from on a future podcast. But, you know, what I had to learn was my security did not happen from an amount of money, a dollar amount in my bank account. My security came from within. We generate our security, our wellness, our wealth, all of it, it comes from within. And so really feeling how we feel in our bodies when we think about money is the first step. It is just that awareness and then allowing yourself to process some of the feelings that you have either been avoiding or that you feel on a regular basis that you're like, you know what? I don't want to feel fear every time I think about money. That doesn't feel good, at least for Aaron. It didn't, right? Like I, I wanted a different life. I wanted to feel neutral about money. I wanted, I wanted to feel um, about money like I do about my breath. Like I don't even think about my breath, right? I know my breath is going to be there for me. I know, I mean, yes, 
we could die at any time. Right. But like, I'm not sitting around every day thinking, oh my goodness, am I going to be able to breathe today? But that's what I used to think about money. So just noticing, where are you? Where, where are your thoughts around money? Where are your feelings around money? And knowing that the goal is ultimately to feel gratitude and appreciation and neutrality and love around money because money is a beautiful thing. It allows us to do so many different things with ourselves, with our families, with our businesses, with humanity. And one of my intentions or big visions for each of you is to, to change the way if we do, you know, if you already feel like bad about money, then that is amazing. And if we don't, the goal is to think about money in, in that, in that loving way. So I'm going to do the next podcast. I'm going to do on what have you done for money lately? Part two, which is going to be actually where I share my, all the ways that I've compromised myself for money. Yeah. Share with you there. So until next time and from my soul to yours, thanks for tuning in today. If you want to receive your human design chart, you can head over to my website at Generate a Life Well Lived to receive your free chart. As always, from my soul to yours.